Hey, I'm Jade Halliwell, and this podcast is all about spilling the tea. I'll be showing you a little more to me than my life as a country artist, and also getting the tea from fellow artists and people in various industries who inspire and fascinate me. If you want to get some advice on self-love, hear about the musings of a songwriter, or understand what it takes to take a leap and start your own business, then this is the podcast for you. As casual as two friends sharing the goss over a glass of their favourite gin. Pour one for yourself and join me as I find out what's the G and T. Welcome, 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 welcome to my first ever podcast. Um, Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. I'm going to treat this episode as a little bit of an introduction. So um, both to myself and to the podcast, you know, why I started it, what it's going to be like, what it's going to be about, what you can expect from it. Um, Yeah, I'm just going to kick straight in. So for those of you listening who don't know, my name is Jade Helliwell and I am a country singer-songwriter. I'm based in Yorkshire, near Leeds, uh, you know, just in case you hadn't automatically picked that up from the very broad Yorkshire accent. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's where I'm from. And um, I started singing when I was around about nine years old. So we had a family holiday to Torquay and there was a pub called The Coach House. And um, I remember my parents had been saying, we're going to go on holiday, there'll be a karaoke bar. And I practiced my heart out in my bedroom. I'd line my teddy bears up, you know, flick the light switch on and off, thinking I were at Wembley Arena. And I practiced Whitney Houston songs and Celine Dion with my little purple karaoke machine. And um, we got to the coach house on the holiday. And I sang Greatest Love of All by Whitney Houston. And, uh, you know, this was in the 90s, so I got it recorded on a cassette. <laughs> you know, hands up if you do remember cassettes. Um, so I had it recorded on a cassette brought it home and, uh, you know, it was like playing it for everybody. And my parents took me to a local studio uh, to record uh, an album of covers. Uh, You know, it was evident that that I got the bug straight away. I wanted to be a singer. I was very lucky. I had supportive parents. And um, throughout my teenage years then, um, I spent weekends singing in public. So I'd sing at the, my local rugby club was Battle Bulldogs. I used to go and sing on the pitch at halftime and before the game. And then on like a truck out back afterwards, I'd be singing up there. Um, I'd go to pubs and clubs and sing. I'd sing at people's weddings, at the birthday parties. Um, And that's kind of how it went until I was about 18, 19. And I was listening to, and don't hate me, don't come for me on this. Because, you know, people have a divided opinion on how you get into country music. But I am a Swifty. So I was listening to Taylor Swift's first album. Loved it. Um... And I started YouTubing country music and, you know, the little side panel that I recommend people, it'd be like Carrie Underwood, Lady Antebellum, Kelly Pickler. And I was like, mm, yes, this is the kind of music I love. And, you know, up until that point, I'd only kind of listened to Shania Twain and Dolly Parton. Um, that was like my experience of country until this point. Fell in love with it. And for years, people had said to me when I sing, you know, you've got a real country voice because I've got this really fast vibrato. Bit of marmite, people love it or people hate it. But, you know, it is what it is. That's my voice. Um, So I was like, oh, it belongs in this genre. 
And then that kind of inspired me. I, I started um, teaching myself how to play the guitar and writing my own songs. Like, I, I mean, I've written songs when I was younger, but you know, nothing, nothing worth ever singing in public. <laughs> Um, but it was that point I kind of took my writing serious and um, started to develop that skill as well and started playing open mic nights um, in the local area and from there I you know I discovered I was trying to I was so hungry for country music in the UK but there wasn't that much going on there was the odd um, American would come over and play like a Manchester date and a London date so me and uh, my best friend Emily shout out to Emily Teal um, would go to Manchester and watch the gigs and then rush for the last train home. There was a company called W21 Music who I saw pop up um, online and they were doing gigs and they had people who I'd not heard of before but UK contracts. So there was Dexeter, Laura Oaks, Luke and Mel, Gary Quinn and I was like who are these people playing country music in the UK I have to go to a gig so um went to one of the gigs at Gulliver's in Manchester and I was like oh my god there's an entire community here I didn't even know about and and that was kind of the start I think of the of the UK scene um in original music like really kicking off um so I set my sights on that gig and I was like I I have to play the W21 country gigs so poor Pete Woodhouse if you asked him now I reckon he's still scarred from me constantly emailing him and messaging him and saying you know can I can I come and play one of the gigs I'd really love to play a gig have you any slots and he'd say oh fully booked and I'd say it's great I'm gonna come anyway and I'll meet you all and I'd get the train and I'd go to the gig and I'd introduce myself to him and everybody and be like I'd love to play the next event and this went on for a few months um and we laugh about it now so Luke um was playing the gigs and you know helping Pete with them and obviously now flash forward I mean god that's like seven or eight years ago or something but flash forward to now we're actually a couple and he says to me he's like I remember you before knowing you because Pete used to say this girl's messaging me constantly he says now I was like no we don't know who she is she can't play <laughs> uh and that was me like hounding them for a gig and in the end I was like I could what about if I just play while people take the seat I was like you know you have background music on don't have background music on have me be in the background little spot three songs people take the seat and eventually it worked and Pete gave me the slot and that was my introduction into the country scene and some of the people I met at that gig um very blessed they still follow me to this day and come to my shows and support my music so you know being annoying it can pay off in the end <laughs> um but yeah, so that was my introduction to country and that was it then. I I went hard at it, trying to gig wherever I could, going to events and festivals and meeting as many people as I could meet within the scene. Um, and then I guess things kind of really took off for me in 2017. Um, I was in a competition through PMT and Yamaha called The Road to C2C. And that was to win a slot to play at C2C Festival. So for those of you who don't know, C2C is one of the biggest festivals in the country music calendar in the UK. Um, It takes place at the O2 in London. And they bring artists from um, all over the world, really, but predominantly America and UK. And it's one of those festivals that every artist wants to play. Um, So Yamaha and PMT had teamed up to run this competition to give one artist in the UK um, a slot at the festival. So I entered the Manchester date and was very, very thankful I won the Manchester round. And then I went on to the final, uh, I think it was in Milton Keynes. And 
to my surprise, I won the final. So I that meant I got to win uh, the slots at C2C, but also um, I got um, a sort of sponsorship from Yamaha from there as well. Um, so I had Yamaha guitars, like all my gigs you will have seen. I, I used to have the most beautiful blue Yamaha guitar. Um, <clears throat> and I would play them gigs at the festivals. And so that was really kicking off. And then about... Two months after that, in the May time, um, I I went out in Leeds with my friends uh, for my friend Harriet's birthday, and there was a busker on the streets as we were walking from one end of town to the other, and my friends, uh, as I do, were saying, "She sings. Can she sing a song with you?" And uh, he's very polite. He said, "I'm I'm going to play Hallelujah. Do you want to join in on it?" I was like, mm, "I don't really know anything other than the the word Hallelujah." <laughs> But yes, okay, so I was more than a few gins deep, um, jumped up with him, sang hallelujah in a key way too high for me, but there you go. <laughs> um, my friend filmed it on a phone, stuck it on her Facebook, forgot about it, went about our night. She stayed at my house that night and the next morning she was like, oh my God, like this video I've posted of you is getting so many views. People keep sharing it. Um so that was a Sunday and as the day went on it went wild and then um a friend of mine runs a page called Straight Up Yorkshire who I'm sure uh, some of you will have heard of very very funny um and he um so kindly actually messaged and said can I share the video on my page I said yeah go for it um so share the video and it was at the point that it went viral you know the viral thing that we have now in this day and age um at that point the video went viral and was just racking up like not it it was bad enough when it was racking up hundreds and then it went to thousands and then it went into the millions and like at the moment it, it you know it, i think that the highest peak when i was checking it, it was up to like 25 million views all over facebook and youtube and twitter and, and it was really crazy and at the time i was working as a teaching assistant in a primary school so um i i was like checking my phone in the break and i'd have so many, I couldn't physically keep up with the messages and the notifications and the WhatsApps I would get in, messages you know, from friends and family and people online. And then also the other side of that, you know, radio and uh, media and people asking me to go on the shows and uh, people asking me to write with them, people asking to record with me. It was crazy. And also trying to find who the busker was because I didn't know at the time. As I said, we'd literally just crossed paths. I found him and his name was David Asiel. Um... And we managed to track each other down on Facebook and celebrate the crazy ride that we were on. Um, I was very, very fortunate in that I had been releasing music since 2015. So on iTunes and Spotify, I I had EPs and singles and things out there already. Um, But it was crazy. So when I released my Forget the Night EP in 2016... I think I peaked at number two on iTunes country charts and I was overwhelmed with that because that was my first country release. Um, But when it went viral then in the May, um, it went straight to number one on the iTunes charts and that blew my mind. And then it just kept climbing and climbing and climbing and it went into the all genre charts and it got, I think it was number eight it peaked at in the all genre charts, which was unbelievable. Um, And yeah, everything just went crazy from there. I was on Look North, um, I was on Pulse Radio, I was in papers and OK Magazine and 
Hello and Daily Mail and all that sort of stuff. And it was just mad. And um, I had a party to celebrate, like a live stream um, on Facebook and people came and joined. And it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot, but it was incredible. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I ended up quitting my job to do music full time at that point because I was taking time off all the time. Um, I, was, I was going down to London for meetings with people and and um, I just, I couldn't keep doing my job because obviously when you're working at school, you can't just take time off when you feel like it. You have to, you know, wait for the school holidays. So I had a very, very kind head teacher who was uh, allowing me to take time off, but it was evident that like, you know, I, I was taking the mick a bit like in there every week, like, can I have another day? Um, so yeah, I handed my notice in and touch wood and thank the Lord, I haven't um, looked back ever since. I've been a full-time musician since 2017. Um, but yeah, it was really crazy and, and I organized a gig and I invited David to come and play and it was all, it was all much, but very, very good, uh, very, very good stuff. Um, and I got to play, um, you know, different festivals boosted me up onto bigger stages and all sorts of things. It, it was great. And, um, you know, people saw that highlight. I guess the, the thing that people didn't see is I obviously am just a normal person and I could see all the comments on Facebook. So I had to stop looking eventually because although the majority of people were really lovely and were, you know, very complimentary, um, some people are just plain mean and there were some really negative things and some really vile, rude comments on there um, that I think people kind of disconnect from putting things like that on social media because they just type it and it's just a person that they don't meet you know someone they don't know and then they just go back the day and they don't think that you could see those comments and how hurtful it can be um and so I definitely had to get some thick skin (laughs) to get over that and um you know another thing and people ask me about this a lot did you keep in touch with David I did keep in touch with David um we you know we connected over Facebook I organized uh, a gig and invited him to come and play um you know, I passed his name on to a lot of the gigs I was doing at the time, so I know that various places reached out to get him on at their venues. Um, but unfortunately, he couldn't actually come and play my gig. He ended up um, going, uh, I think he went, I think it was Portugal, something like that. Um, and then we, ha- we haven't seen each other since, um, but we kind of, I, I see him pop up every now and then. He, he still posts videos on his Facebook singing and stuff, so check that out. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's one thing as well. People had this, um, a lot of people kind of commented like, oh, she's you know, she's just trying to steal his spotlight and she doesn't even, she haven't thanked him for anything, but that, that wasn't true. Like I did, I was very thankful that he let me sing with him. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those things, you know, it, it's crazy how it blew up. But I guess that's the, that's the point of a viral thing, isn't it? It, 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 it takes on a life of its own and, you know, there's nothing you can do about it when it's out there. Um, but yeah, luckily, every now and then it does the rounds again. Um, we did it recently on TikTok and around the anniversary, it gets reshared. Um, but 99% of the people who share and comment are very lovely. And uh, it's always a nice reminder to look back and think that that was like kind of like the turning point in my career where I, I, I threw everything into music full time. So this is just a little reminder that you are listening to What's the GMT with me, Jade Helliwell. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to go and find me on Instagram at official. Let me know who you want to see on the podcast. Let me know what you think of it. And yeah, keep on listening. So I was uh, carrying on gigging and playing festivals um, right up until COVID. (laughs) So everyone in the world was affected by the pandemic, obviously. 
Um, but it was so bizarre to look at your diary and just see emails and things coming in, gigs cancelled, festivals cancelled, you couldn't go co-write anymore, everything just stopped and it was very frustrating because through the day you're still working, you're still writing songs, you're still running your social media, as an independent artist you have a hand in every aspect of your career, I'm still doing that all day but I just couldn't go out and gig at night so I couldn't actually go out and earn money so one thing I did, uh, myself and my good friend Kezia Gill, we said we were going to do a live stream together on the night of a gig that we were supposed to be playing in Saltburn. Um, and as we got closer to it, it was only like a week after the pandemic had been, you know, the lockdown had been announced. As we were approaching it, we we were obviously told, no, you can't leave your house, can't travel. So she said, well, you take the Thursday, I'll take the Friday and we'll just do two separate ones. That was the first week of the lockdown and the pair of us had no idea how that was going to take off so in the end we ended up going on for well over a year so I know that myself and Luke um counted we did 63 weeks of live streaming before we brought it to an end and that was purely because one it kept us going mentally it was something each week to look forward to something to plan for we learned songs you know we kept creative two it kept us going by you know having even though it was a, just a laptop screen we were performing to it but something to do each week and perform for people but more so I don't think I will ever be able to thank the people who tuned in and helped through those live streams enough in for as long as I live because they would tip us for songs tip if they enjoyed it and that literally kept us alive like I'm not joking that those tips made us be able to go to Tesco's you know, and get a food shop they made it we were able to fuel the car um you know every now and then we'd treat ourselves, and you know I'd buy a bottle of gin and and also just the generosity of people buying merchandise uh t-shirts I'd order t-shirts and put them on sale at the beginning of a live stream I'd come off the live stream after an hour and the t-shirts would be sold out and it was just unbelievable um I will forever be thankful for all that support because I think the pandemic could have been Obviously, it wasn't nice, but it could have been a very, very different experience had we not been able to do that. And, you know, my fear with... Because people would say, like, you know, go get a different job somewhere else. But it, uh, I think you can never kind of describe it. Um, it's not like, oh, I just want to sing. It's like a need. I need to sing. I need to perform. I need to write. Um, and the thought of not being able to do that anymore was terrifying. And... If I was working nine five, I wouldn't come home and then want to sit and write and record and do my social media and send out emails and you know it's it was re- it's really difficult to balance that when you have to work throughout the day as well. And like I said, I've been very fortunate in being able to uh, do this full time since two thousand seventeen. But before then, it it did used to be quite a struggle. You know, I'd work all day. I was also studying. Um, part-time with the open university for my degree so I'd work all day I'd come home and study for a little bit and then I'd do music or I'd go out and gig and you know you'd do that on the midweek gigs and I'd be exhausted for work the next day um so it is nice to be able to do it full-time and you know like I say through throughout lockdown the live streams definitely made that be something that we could do and then as the world started opening back up again um things have taken off again it's been incredible so I, uh, I've got to go and play festivals, uh, we played Buckle and Boots last summer, Tennessee Fields, uh, joined a new show called the Honky Tonk Road Show, we've been able to play 
uh, a couple of festivals. We've played a headline show down in London. And then I headed out with my friend Kezia Gill um, at the end of last year and did the Girl Country Tour, which was something that had been rescheduled three times because it was meant to happen the, the year of 2020. And obviously every time we moved it, he got rescheduled and rescheduled because no one knew when the pandemic was going to end. And you just think, weren't you? Oh, five months time, fine. Nah, didn't work. Um, so that was incredible to actually get out and do that again. Moving forward, this year is already shaped up to be an incredible one. I've just been on a trip to Denmark with the Nationalites Denmark guys, uh, and that was super exciting. Um, my first time in Denmark, and to get over and play my music for new people and see how people in different countries connect to my songs was incredible. Um, I'm going to be playing Buckland Boots Festival this year. I'm going to be playing Tennessee Fields. I'm going to be playing Millport Festival. I'm going to be playing the Long Road Festival. And the Long Road is a festival that I've never been to either, but I've heard so many great things about it, so I'm super excited for that. Um, I'm working on new music. Obviously, through lockdown, I've done lots and lots of co-writes on Zoom um, and a lot of writing on my own as well. So I've got so much, so much music to share with everybody. Uh, we're going to be doing that throughout the summer. And uh, yeah, lots more exciting things. And one of those things is this, this podcast. So I wanted to start a podcast so that I could kind of just share a little bit more of myself with people. Um, obviously, on social media, you, you see all the great things. And, you know, if you come to a gig, you see me gig, you see me perform, but you don't get much chance to chat. Um, so I just I just want people to have a bit of an insight really into my personality, who I am, you know, the things I like, the things I don't like. Um, and yeah, just just kind of share a little bit more with you, uh, a little bit more in depth. And yeah, throughout the process. So this first episode I've kept on my own because I just want to introduce myself to you, introduce the podcast. But the aim of it is for me to bring on people who you know, people who I admire, people who inspire me, um, people who I think you guys should get to know. So I've got lots of exciting guests coming up. Keep an eye on my Instagram and Facebook and um, to see who's going to be on the show. But yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm really excited and I hope you like it. I hope you connect and enjoy and obviously I call it what's the GNT because I want to get the goss from people but also like any excuse for a gin right <laughs> you know like I love a GNT um so also if you have some gins that you think I have to try definitely um drop me a message and recommend them because I would love to check them out all flavors I'm yet to find a gin I don't like do you know what I mean <laughs> I don't know what that says about me but yeah um so yeah this is called what's the GNT uh thank you so much for listening i really do hope you enjoy the podcast and i will see you all for the next episode where i'll have a very special guest so make sure you head and listen to who that's going to be on my social media thank you and there we have it the first episode of what's the g and t thank you so much for tuning in and don't forget every episode will also have a visual episode added to my youtube go and search for jade hellowell on youtube and you can catch that episode on wednesday at 6 p.m